audience growth between sales and launches. It's something that sounds obvious, but so many of us might actually be neglecting it. Maybe we're even calling it a sales issue instead. Here's why it's necessary to focus on audience growth, what that looks like, and how we can actually fit it in around everything else we've already got going on. Welcome to the Soulful Sales Show, where we talk about believing in the value of your offers, getting them in front of your right people, and selling more of what you do in your unique way. Hi, and welcome to another episode of the Soulful Sales Show. So today we're going to be talking about something that's really important as a foundation for successful selling, and that is audience growth. I know that this might seem really, really obvious, but the truth is it's so easy when we are selling things, launching things, and if they don't go to plan, it's so easy to make stories about why people aren't buying. It's so easy to decide, oh, my audience isn't interested in this, or this offer has stopped working and all of that stuff. And of course, we do want to check our stats. We want to dive into any kind of information that we can. But one thing I want to talk about today that I think a lot of us neglect is, are we actually growing our audience in between selling and launching our stuff? Let's dive into what I mean by that and how to do it all the simple way, how to fit it in around all of the other things on your to-do list in your business. So first I want to talk about how audience growth is a part of the marketing cycle. So the basic cycle of online marketing is step one, growing your audience, step two, nurturing your audience, step three, selling to your audience, and of course, delivering the stuff that you have sold as well. So let's go into each of these steps a little bit more. So step one, growing your audience. This is where we are gathering, I guess, what you would call cold leads. You put yourself out there, people who haven't heard of you come across you, find you, and are at the very beginning stage of maybe getting to know you. So there are obviously so many ways you can be growing your audience. It could be, you know, SEO or Pinterest, you know, people finding your website and finding you through there. We could be growing through social media platforms, Instagram, Facebook, all of those places. We could be running paid ads on Facebook, Google, that kind of thing. We can also be growing our audience by getting in front of other people's audiences. So for example, podcasts, bundles, summits, that kind of thing. So you got, you're getting people in, And then step two is that you are nurturing those people. You're taking people who don't really know you and you're helping them to become warmer leads by helping them get to know you, by sharing what it is that you know in relation to what it is that they need help with. So of course there are many ways to nurture your audience and there are lots of overlaps actually between some of the platforms that you'll use both for growing and nurturing and selling. But some of the best ways to nurture audience can be things like, you know, sending them regular emails on your email newsletter. You could have a Facebook group where you go live or share tips and posts and and strategies for people. You could um, have a podcast like I do and get to know people that way, right? There are so many ways to, um, I, I said get to know people, I meant help them get to know you. You know what I mean? Um, so many ways to do that. And then step three, selling to your audience. So this is where the leads become clients. You make offers to people, you share about what it is that you have to sell in relation to what it is that your audience wants. And then some of those people will go on to buy from you. 
Um, and actually, obviously, it's not a step one, step two, step three. It's like people will go back and forth between the steps as well. So some people become clients and then they'll go back into the nurturing part of, of the cycle and then they'll become clients again, right? So you do need to be doing all three in your business. You need to be growing, nurturing and selling in order to run a sustainable business. Now, obviously, in reality, we are often wearing many hats in our businesses. We, I'm guessing that if you're listening to this, you don't have a huge team. You might have some support in your business, but you probably don't have a huge team and a department for every single one of those things that I listed, right? So in reality, we're not always going to be focusing on all three because it's a lot. And sometimes what will happen as well is we might think we have everything covered. I know that this has happened in my business. So there can be periods where maybe you've been, you're, you're, you're focusing on the selling a lot more. Maybe you've got more than one offer. And what's working for you is just to keep selling different offers to the exact same audience, because you've got people in your audience who will buy more than one offer from you, which by the way, is absolutely great. And it's a great sign that you are doing something right. But eventually things are going to stall. Things might even feel like they're going backwards a bit because you haven't focused on the growing in between. Or maybe you know, the sales side of things feels really sorted. Maybe you've got some really decent payment plans. Maybe you don't have immediate need for funds. Maybe you've got, you know, recurring members. It all feels like it's going great. And actually, I don't need to show up and sell for a bit. How lovely. I can just show up and talk to my audience and grow my audience. So we neglect the sales part for a while. And then what what will happen is the payment plans end. Members cancel. I need money. And then suddenly we're like, oh my goodness, I haven't been focusing on that. And I need to focus on that more. So What I'm trying to say here is that it's natural. It makes sense that we're not always focusing on all three things, but it's really important to be intentional about coming back to this and asking, am I serving all three stages of that marketing cycle in my business? And where are the gaps? And the good news is that doing all three doesn't need to be as complicated as it sounds, which brings me on to the second part of this episode, which is about how we can actually simplify this. How can we simplify our audience growth? How can we simplify the marketing cycle and actually fit it all in? Now, I need to emphasize this very strongly. The important thing is that you have all stages of the marketing cycle covered. It's not about having all marketing platforms covered. And I think this is where we can get very, very overwhelmed thinking we need to be on LinkedIn, we need to be on Pinterest, we need to be on Facebook, we need to be on Instagram, we need to have the email list, we need to have a podcast, we need to have a YouTube, all of this stuff, okay? You do not need to have all of these things. You do need to have all stages of the marketing cycle covered, but you don't need to have all of the marketing platforms covered. By the way, this is something that I teach in a lot more detail and helping you choose out your core platforms and your intentions for all your platforms in my course, Sustainable Marketing. That course is $49, but actually you can get it for free as a bonus when you join my $7 Soulful Growth Club membership at soulfulgrowthclub.com. So if you wanna dive more into this and get more intentional about where you're showing up and your platforms and stuff, Sustainable Marketing is the course for you and you get it with the Soulful Growth Club at soulfulgrowthclub.com. Um, So yeah, you don't need to have all the platforms covered, but you do need to have all the stages covered. So how do you do it? The first thing I just really want to share is that you do it imperfectly. You don't have a whole team and a whole department, like I said earlier. It might even just be you. So you have to accept that you are going to be doing this imperfectly, okay? And I really love this quote from Denise Duffel-Thomas. I'm sure I've shared it in so many 
of my things, but it's definitely in my sustainable marketing course. So this is a quote from her book, Chillpreneur. Most of my business is run on placeholder marketing, as in, I think this is total crap. It's not, but I'll leave it up until I create the perfect version. Most of my placeholders are still there years later, making money and helping people. The funny thing is that my community doesn't think they're crap at all, and they're really grateful for the information. And I love this. Like when I read this, I was like, oh my God, everything I do is placeholder marketing. Everything I put out there is something that I think I'm going to come back to and upgrade eventually. Now, obviously I do come back and upgrade some of it, but some of it is just there from years ago and it's still bringing people in. Um, and it's still doing the work for me to grow, nurture and sell. And I leave it up there until I have time to do something better. And I know we all wish we had the best strategy and everything sorted from day one. We all wish that. We all wish we had the best tech and the best platform, the best branding and all of these things. But it's so easy for that wish and that desire to have it all just right to actually keep us from building the momentum. And actually a need to have something just right could be a sign of self-doubt. It can it can present itself in a very logical way, like, oh, it's really important for me that I deliver this in a professional way. Or it's really important for me that I have very, very structured in the way that I'm showing up on social media and stuff. But actually, if you dive deeper into it, it could be a manifestation of self-doubt. And the the delaying in the form of getting everything just right is actually keeping you safe by not taking the action. Um, and by the way, something that I have learned again and again in my business is that you do actually need to take action imperfectly and try things like trial and error is a required part of figuring out how you run your business in a way that works for you as a unique human. I'm sorry to say it, but it just is. I mean, how many of you have bought a blueprint on how to do something? It just doesn't work for you. This is like, there's no one right way to do this, unfortunately. So trial and error and imperfect action taking is absolutely a huge part of it. The second thing I want to say about how do we actually do this alongside all the other things we've got going on in our business, audience growth and sales can happen side by side. So even though I just laid it out like step one, step two, step three, grow, nurture, sell, they can actually all inform each other and play into each other. So earlier on in my business, I used to create freebies or run free workshops based on like, oh, I've had a fun idea. Let me just do that. And it was good for me in testing things out, in growing my confidence, in like going live on a workshop and all that kind of thing. But often it wasn't really directly tied into what I was selling. And these days I am a lot more strategic about what I do for free being tied into what I'm selling. Now I still do do things for fun from time to time. Like I have an annual play with possibility workshop that's usually not really directly tied into stuff I'm selling. But generally I'm much more strategic about making sure that what I'm offering for free is related to what I'm selling because I just don't have the time to mess about, basically. I don't have the time or the energy. And please let me reassure you, it doesn't take away from me having fun with it and being creative with it, but I just make sure that the link is very clear from the start. Because what I hear from my clients a lot is that they're either focused on selling and launching and delivering their offers, or they're focused on growing their audience. And of course, if you can only focus on one thing at a time, it is going to elongate the time it takes you to get where you want to be and or it's going to lead to you neglecting some part of that marketing cycle like I talked about earlier. And sometimes, you know, focusing on one area over here, like the growth and yeah, getting new people in your audience could be a convenient reason actually to delay 
actually putting your offer out there, actually believing in the transformation they're offering, getting behind your pricing and all of that stuff. So it could be a mindset or self-doubt thing going on, like I was talking about earlier as well. Maybe it's a practical issue and you just don't know how to prioritize both. And this is where we get to experiment and figure out a way that works for us. So yeah, let's talk about how audience growth and selling can happen side by side. Now, obviously for it to happen side by side, you do first need an offer. And for some of our offers, it does take a while to flesh them out. It can take a while to figure out what our offers really need to be. But, or and I should say, I'm also a huge advocate of having a kind of minimum viable offer, an offer that you can just decide on very quickly, that you can put together very quickly, that you have there to sell while you gather the data of how it is for you to work with your people, while you gather the data of how it feels to sell this offer, right? So often that could be a, just a one-to-one offer. Like if, if you are some sort of service provider or coach or a mentor or something like that, it could just be some form of one-to-one offer and then you will get to perfect that as you go. The benefit being instead of waiting and waiting and waiting till you just know what's right, you're actually getting information about how it feels to deliver that offer. It also gives you a focus for your content and for your sales while you potentially work on other offers, other offers or your offer ecosystem over time in the background. So assuming you've got an offer, even if it's not the perfect forever offer and it's just your minimum viable offer, then there are two ways in which actually uh, focusing on selling your offer can still inform and benefit your audience growth as well. So number one is it gives you a focus for your content. You have an offer to sell, you get to ask questions like, what are the things that my audience desires in relation to this offer? What are they Googling for solutions for? What are they willing to pay to help create or to prevent in their lives. You now have a really good focus for your content for the period in which you're selling your offer. A lot of us think that having unfocused period of time in which we can um, just talk about our, our business in general, we're not focused on selling is actually beneficial. But for me, I find having boundaries around what I talk about really, really helpful. And then number two, how can you get your offer out there and help people understand why they would want to work with you. So whether that's giving a little snippet of what you teach or support people with inside a freebie, like giving that giving that away as a precursor to the offer, maybe it's hosting a free workshop, running a free challenge. All of those things are things you can use to actually grow your audience as well as nurture and sell to your audience all at the same time, depending on how you're putting it out there. And, and a key mindset shift in doing this successfully is to trust that not all content that sells your offer is purely salesy. Yes, there is some content like an email saying, here's my offer, here's here's what it does, here's here's how you can buy it. Yes, we have that as well, but we also have helpful, educational, informational, inspiring, all of that stuff can go into our content. We can talk about the transformation our audience desires in a way that is helpful to them, even if they never buy we can give them a step and then the paid offer gets to be the full process or the VIP done for you version, whatever it is, depending on your business. So right now, personally, I'm in a sales phase with my audience. I am talking about an upcoming $10 bootcamp I have that's all about creating freebies in our business that will more naturally tie into sales, which by the way, the topic of that bootcamp is really going to help with the stuff that I've just been talking about, tying your sales into audience growth. So because that's like a really low cost, low risk kind of offer, I'm not, I'm, I decided I'm not creating a freebie or doing a free workshop or anything for that offer, but I am still using it 
as a tool for audience growth. And there are ways that you can get creative about this. So in this case, I am incentivizing my affiliates to share it for me, which will help me get in front of other people's audiences. Well, and, and I'm giving, I'm incentivizing them by boosting their commission. So that's just another example to help you see how there are so many creative ways to actually tie your sales and audience growth together so you can do it at the same time. And I guess there is another point number three that I want to make about this, which is about the biggest strategy of audience growth. So getting in front of other people's audiences, running ads, getting on podcasts, speaking at summits, being part of bundles, that stuff potentially is not directly tied into what you're selling right now. That's stuff that you're going to want to add on to the above. Um, and, And having the time and space to add that on gets so much easier once you've done this a few times, once you've got your offers out there, once you've launched them before, you can rinse, repeat and refine past content. You get to layer things on top. If you're earlier on in that journey of getting there, don't let the fact that you can't do all of it at once stop you from even moving. You can focus on what you're selling now. You can focus on how you get that out there now. You can focus on how you can turn that into content or some sort of event that will get people into your audience and how you can get in front of other people's audiences to get them to share it. And the final thing I want to share before we finish is that all of this actually requires you to believe in what it is that you do, to believe in your message, to believe in the transformation that you help people with. Because before you have the audience growth and the audience size that you desire to have, you are going to have to decide first that you are worth listening to. Now, this is not the main focus of this episode, and I'll definitely talk about this in other episodes, but I just wanted to take a moment before we finish today to remind you that you are the right person for your right people. And there will absolutely be times, especially when you're earlier on in your audience growth, where it will feel like no one is listening, listening, or it will feel like nobody cares, or there's just crickets. You have to decide that you are worth listening to, okay? And always checking in with yourself to see if it's really a practical issue. Like, am I putting off audience growth because there's a practical barrier? Or is it really because I'm afraid of owning that I'm worth listening to or owning the fact that I want to be more visible, even though a large part of me is afraid of it? Because if it's the practical stuff, it's all figure outable. And I've given you some of the steps in this episode. Even if you have to go slower than you'd like, it is all figure outable. But if it's because I'm afraid of owning it, if it's because I'm afraid of being visible, I get it. And it will be a stretch. It will be uncomfortable, but it's so worth it. And obviously, it's a whole other episode topic for me to go into that. But if you do want support with it, please do come and join me in the Soulful Growth Club. It is only $7. You will get my quiet visibility training where we work on the mindset and the practical stuff about putting yourself out there. So yeah, there you have it. It's kind of like overview of why audience growth matters. Maybe it will help you see where you've been neglecting it and how you can take steps to prioritize it. So don't automatically assume that if sales are slowing down, that it's an issue with your offer or what you do. It could literally be that you have been neglecting the audience growth in between. And don't forget, before we finish, my strategic freebie bootcamp is totally going to help with all of this stuff. It is only $10. It's happening live from March the 4th. If you are listening to this later, you can still sign up to the Soulful Growth Club, which is $7 for the replays. And during the strategic freebie bootcamp, I'm going to personally be there to support you and encourage you. And I even have a challenge to incentivize you to get it done by the 10th of March 
where I will share your freebie with my entire audience. So that's going to help you with the audience growth as well. So you can find out more or sign up for $10 at ruthpoundwhite.com forward slash bootcamp. And just remember, you get to grow your audience alongside the sales. You just might need to be a little bit creative about how you do it. And you're going to have to be a little bit patient as well, but it's totally going to build that momentum and pay off over time. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Soulful Sales. If you have a moment to rate and review, know that it really does make a difference. And if you'd like to carry on the conversation, then you can connect with me on Instagram at Ruth Poundwhite. Sign up to my newsletter at ruthpoundwhite.com forward slash newsletter or my personal favorite, join me inside the low ticket membership at ruthpoundwhite.com forward slash membership. And keep doing what you're doing because your work really does matter.